As we move closer and closer to the start of the NHL season, we welcome in the LA Kings insider, Zach Dooley, to give us his thoughts on training camp and the preseason so far for the LA Kings. We'll also talk about the Kings' upcoming decision on Brant Clark, how Kevin Fiala is fitting in. We'll get a Victor Arvidsson injury update and what the season uh, holds beyond this season, what the what the career is beyond this season for LA Kings goalie Jonathan Quick. All that and more coming up on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years. The past 20 plus years have been at the Fox Sports Radio Network, where I'm a co-host, sidekick, reporter, and NHL analyst. Also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years. And of course, a passionate LA Kings fan for the past 30 years, we are one week away from the LA Kings regular season opener October 11th against the Vegas Golden Knights at Crypto.com Arena. His official title is Manager of Editorial Content for the LA Kings, but you likely know him as the LA Kings Insider. He is Zach Dooley, and he is nice enough to join us for a couple of minutes today. He is on Twitter at DooleyLAK, and you can read his work at LA Kings Insider. Dot com. Zach, great to have you on. Um, and if you don't mind, real quick, if you would just kind of give us your background a little bit uh, and how you became the LA Kings insider. Yeah, of course. Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And a, a great intro, if I may oh, say so. Um, thank you. Got my Twitter handle right. It's a great start. Um, <laughs> so for myself, um, I've been in professional hockey for a while. I worked in the AHL and the ECHL, the, the AAA and AA uh, leagues. I've worked in a few different markets, uh, the Utica Comets in New York, the Adirondack Thunder uh, in New York as well. And most recently before the Kings, the AHL's Ontario Reign, um, the affiliate of the Kings. Um, with the Reign, I handled uh, team communications as well as LA Kings insider coverage, um, smaller market there, smaller operation. So we do a few more things um, with the job, but I was a contributor for LA Kings insider uh, during my time with Ontario, uh, working with John Rosen. Um, and I was kind of the lead on all of the Ontario rain stories and some of the prospect stuff. And on um, the summer of 2020 or probably the fall of 2020, um, started covering the Kings. And I've been doing that now. This would be my third year um, with the NHL club. Um, and thankfully, the first year that we don't have COVID restrictions on it. So that, that'll be really exciting. And it's it's already been exciting so far. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, looking forward to uh, what hopefully will be a, a, a great season for the LA Kings. Obviously, you have been out at training camp and you've been at the preseason games. Um, I know going into this season, the thought was there weren't going to be a lot of surprises as far as the lineup, uh, what, what was going to be set. The lines even were kind of set. Has there been anything, though, at training camp or in the preseason that has either caught your eye or kind of surprised you a little bit? Um. I don't know about surprising. Um, I think that we kind of knew going in that there were, there would be some decisions to make, um, but it would kind of come from a certain group of individuals. You know, there would be guys on the bubble on both sides. Um, maybe the biggest surprise, if you will, and I think we're going to get to this in a little more detail in a bit would be that, you know, Brent Clark is, is on track to play 
five of five preseason games. Um, the only LA Kings player to do so. Um, you could maybe say another surprise might, might be the status of Victor Arvidsson, who recently departed the non-contact jersey and we're, we've still got three exhibition games left. So I don't think there's been anything crazy out of the blue of, you know, this guy who no one had on their radar is about to plan Andre Kopitar's line, that kind of thing. Um, it, it's kind of been according to plan with, with who is in the first wave of cuts for the most part, uh, who's still around, who's fighting for those final roster spots in the lineup and, and as healthy scratches. Um, so n- nothing too crazy so far, but, but I think that's a good thing. It's a sign of progress for the organization because they have players who are in those spots right now. They, they kind of have some stability for the first time in a few years, and, and that's been really exciting. Well, you mentioned Brent Clark, and it's hard not to uh, be excited if you're a Kings fan uh, with him, whether it's for this season or next season. Obviously, the Kings have a decision to make on him. As we've talked about many times in this show, the options are for him to be on the LA Kings roster this year or back with his junior team. And I would say as it's gone along with, with you know development camp, rookie camp, training camp, preseason, he's checking off all the boxes as far as making this decision very difficult for the LA Kings. If they're going to keep him or not, I know it's, it's you know, where, you, where he's going to play. If he does stay and there's, you know, there's a very crowded uh, right side of the defensive court there. But uh, what, do you, what do you think about how he's played so far and, and that tough decision the Kings will have to make with him? Yeah, it certainly is a tough decision, and, and tough decisions are good, as Todd McClellan yep. put it. And, and a guy like Brant Clark has made what was already a difficult decision because you had nine defensemen fighting for those seven or eight spots, and Brant Clark made that ten defensemen, you know, fighting for those seven or eight spots. So he's made a hard decision even harder. Uh, what's been really impressive about Brant Clark is he hasn't come in and been passive. He hasn't come in and tried to be anything other than what he is, and what he is is a really gifted offensive defenseman someone who can see passes that others don't he can make plays that others don't and we've seen some of that in the in the preseason so far Um, he's been given the confidence to go out there and play his game not be afraid to make mistakes he's partnered with the steady Alex Edler which I think has been really good for him because he's a guy who is very stabilizing on the ice and, and he can take care of the other end and all while doing so he's learning you know how to play defense against NHL players and how to what he can and can't do, what his, you know, limitations are against NHL players. And you can't get that experience without playing in these games. And so to see him play in all five of the first games is great because he is such an exciting prospect. And now he's getting the chance to show what he can do against that higher level of competition. So it's certainly going to be a battle here over those last three games for those those final spots in the blue line. You have guys like Dowdy, Anderson, Edler. These guys are, are obvious locks for the Kings at this point. Um, but Brant Clark has certainly played his way into that conversation and really excited to see what he does in these final couple of games. I love the quote from Todd McClellan. Uh, he doesn't lack confidence and he doesn't portray arrogance. That was a great exactly. quote from him the other yeah. day and very appropriate. Um, any doubt that, that Brant Clark's going to get that nine game NHL audition, uh, before he, before they make the decision on him? Um, well, I, I think to, to make the team whether it's nine games, one game or 82 games, I think that's, it'll come down to that. Like, I I don't think you don't get an extra roster spot or anything for the nine game audition. You still have to be on that 23 man roster. So it's certainly not a lock that he will make the team. And it's certainly not a lock that he won't make the team. Um, You know, there's, there's 10 defensemen right now on the roster and the Kings will likely carry either seven or eight. You know, you've got guys like Jordan Spence, like Jacob Movarara, Tobias Bjornfoot, you have Sean Dersey coming back from injury, you have Sean Walker coming back from injury. So those guys, for different reasons, all have their own question marks. 
Um, so we'll see how it plays out. I, I think there certainly is a good chance that, that we could see Brent Clark on the team. But it's important to know, too, it's not a failure if he doesn't make the team as well, um, because the NHL isn't isn't always a league to develop in. Uh, the Kings have expectations this year um, coming off last year's playoff appearance, and he's going to have to be, you know, the fifth or sixth best defenseman on the Kings in order to make the team, because maybe what could be worse than not making the team would be being the eighth guy and not playing. Um, mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of different outcomes for Brent Clark and he's going to get every opportunity over these last few preseason games to to play his way onto the team for sure. I'm sure a couple of weeks ago, if I was thinking about a question I would ask the LA Kings insider, it would be immediately about Kevin Fiala. So it's interesting that Brant Clark has kind of jumped into the discussion there. But let's get to Kevin Fiala. Obviously, the big splash in the offseason, addressing a major need for the LA Kings, getting a top-line winger to go along with Kopitar and Kent Bay. How do you think he's fitting in so far? What have you seen from him? I mean, a lot of speed, a lot of skill. Um, you just look at that goal he scored in Vegas in the second preseason game where where he takes the puck, drags it onto his forehand, and just snaps a shot um, into the net. He's a really skilled player, um, and he's he's going to help this team both at even strength and on the power play. Um, the Kings were a very good even strength team last year, and Kevin Fiala was one of the NHL's best five-on-five players. Led the Minnesota Wild in most five-on-five offensive chance creation category. So to add a player like that into the mix on a team that was already very good at five-on-five, I mean, that's a really big add for the Kings. And, you know, we know that the power play struggled last year, um, but Fiala has worked with the top unit so far in camp. He's rotated around in different positions in the offensive zone. He and Adrian Kempe have shown that they can be interchangeable in certain ways, which adds a bit of a different element to the power play. Um, I don't think that we can just, say right off the bat that he, Andre Kopitar and Adrian Kempe are just going to click from day one of the regular season. It's not a guarantee, um, but there are certainly some really, really good traits that those three guys have shown. And I think the hope is that as they come together, as they play more, as they get more familiar, this could be a really exciting top line for the Kings. Yeah. And it's funny. You talked about that goal he scored against Vegas. Brant Clark was the one who set him up for that goal was, as well. Yeah, so the hesitation and it was, a, yeah. it was a great play by both. It really was. It was exciting to see whether we see that connection this year or maybe next year in the NHL. It was it was very exciting to see. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Victor Arvidsson in just a second with the LA Kings insider, Zach Dooley. But real quick, if you haven't tried a Built Bar Puff yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. Let me introduce you to a new favorite. It's Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. They are made with real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They are only 160 calories, and they have 15 grams of protein in them. Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Why not eat something that tastes good and is good for you, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat or a quick bite you're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puffs go to built.com and use the promo code locked on 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your order again that is built.com and use the promo code locked 15 more with zach dooley the la kings insider and you touched on it just a little bit but victor arvidson the second line uh winger for the la kings uh had off-season back surgery for a herniated disc of course he unfortunately missed all the playoff series against the Edmonton Oilers. But uh, by all accounts, everything appears to be looking good for him. Is that right? Well, before we get started, I am a Built Bar consumer. So oh, great read. Cookie dough yeah. puffs sound really good. Might buy some. So thanks for the thanks for the note there. To let them know their advertising is working. And then I like Built Bars. Absolutely. Thank um, you. That's great to know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just thought I'd get that in there. But Victor Arvidsson. Um, very exciting that, that he's back in a regular jersey. Uh, the last two days of practice, Arvidsson has skated 
he shed the red non-contact jersey and skated um, with his usual line mates, Phil Deneau and Trevor Moore. Um, there's a potential we could see him maybe in one exhibition game. Um, for that, it would probably be that last game against Anaheim on Saturday. Um, but whether he plays in that game or not, whether he's good to go for opening night or not, seeing the progress coming off of the offseason back surgery has been really exciting for Victor Arvidsson. It was a really difficult summer for him physically and mentally as he worked through that rehab process. You know, it impacted his day-to-day life as a person, not just as a hockey player. And it obviously impacted his usual summer training routine as he got prepared for the season with, you know, with what he couldn't, couldn't do. So it's great to see him back. And it, it's important to note that whether he's ready to go on opening night or not, like he didn't lose his spot on that line due to injury. You know, when Arvidsson is up to, up to speed and ready to go, like he'll be given the crack with, with the and more again, because that line was so effective last year. Arvidsson's a proven offensive threat in this league. Um, and he's a really big part of what the LA Kings are doing. So it's been great to see him back um day to day when it comes to his progression how much he's able to add on to what he's doing each day um but it's been really positive so far during training camp to see what Arvidsson's been able to do yeah you know it's it's funny you mentioned the off ice stuff and we focus so much on hockey I know he said something about not being able to pick up his young daughter after back surgery and that stuff you really don't think about but it certainly makes them seem a lot more human when you hear stories like that um just kind of piggybacking off of Arvidsson if he doesn't start the regular season and and certainly I think they'll be patient with him um I thought Gabe Velarde has looked pretty good uh, for the LA Kings so far this offseason and he's a guy who's I don't know if you want to use the term at a crossroads but you know he's someone who's been around for a while has had his issues and is looking to finally kind of break in and, and get a role with the Kings how have you thought about him as if he has to fill in for that role for a little while do you feel good about that and how he's played so far this this preseason yeah I do I think Gabe's had a really strong camp so far um Speaking with him after practices, you know, he's put a lot of work into learning to play the wing. Um, Really for the first time last year when he was sent down to the AHL in November, part of what he was tasked to do was switching from playing center to playing wing. And it was very foreign to him. It took him a long time to really grasp that position. The AHL, the offensive numbers were great, but the defensive side of it was very new. It was wall play. It was things like that. And that was what the staff wanted him to work on, you know, last year in the AHL and over the summer. And he's put a lot of work into doing that. Um, and if he can round out that part of his game, his gifts in the offensive zone are, are really good. He has excellent vision. He's a big body, strong in the puck. He can shoot the puck really well. He pinged one off the post against the Ducks. He set Kevin Fiala up on a breakaway against the Ducks in that game on Tuesday. Um, he has some really special talents. And, you know, it's been, been him and Sammy Fagimo who have had the looks in Arvidsson's spot when he hasn't been able to go. Velarde will play there tonight against Anaheim. Um, and it, it's pretty exciting to see, you know, does he get that crack if Arvidsson's not ready to go? And when Arvidsson is, you know, maybe, maybe Velarde's play can slot him in somewhere else because it's a big year for him, certainly, but he's got all the tools to be able to succeed. Well, we talked about a very young player in Brant Clark, but I want to talk about a couple of other young players as well, but who do have some NHL games under their belts. And in particular, Quentin Byfield, obviously a very high draft pick, second overall. A lot of expectations when you are picked in that position. Um, and it's been a little bit slower, I guess, than maybe some fans would like. Uh, but there are, there are reasons for that. But just your thoughts on the offseason for Quentin Byfield. I know there's word that he has bulked up and really did some uh, offseason training to get ready for this year. Uh, and what the season um, is expected to be like for him. Is he ready to make more of a contribution this year? Yeah, I mean, definitely talked about the strength that he put on in the offseason. It was a focal point for him. Um, he was pretty happy with the work that he put in. Um, 
Notice a little bit more speed, a little bit more burst and explosiveness from Byfield. That probably does tie into that strength element, um, the lower body side for sure. Uh, the game in Ontario, I thought he had a good burst and a bit of explosion to his stride, um, which was really good. Um, you know, the expectation for Quentin Byfield is that he's able to come in and secure that number three center spot behind Kopitar and Zeno. He has all the tools to be able to do it. Um, he's looked very good in camp scrimmages, playing with Arthur Kaliev and Alex Ayafalo on the line. Um, Ayafalo has been a nice compliment there. He's a puck retriever, a good forechecker, good communicator, which Kaliev and Byfield have both commented on. And Byfield and Kaliev played together in the AHL during that COVID year back in, in 2021. So there's a lot of expectation for sure. A lot of excitement around Quinton Byfield. And, you know, if, if he's able to take that next step in his development, going Kopitar, Deneau, Byfield, Lazat down the middle with a stride stake in Quinton Byfield, that's a really strong looking group at the center position. And you mentioned Arthur Kaliev, and he's a guy a lot of people I think are excited about as well, and and maybe anticipate him taking a, a step forward. Um, I believe we're going to get some time on the second power play unit as well. I know his his shot is exceptional. We saw that the other day uh, in the preseason game when he scored that power play goal. Um, just your thoughts on on Arthur Kaliev and and maybe a big season for him this year. Yeah, another guy that, that you want to see take that next step, right? He he took a step last year by going from an AHL player to a guy who played eighty of eighty two games in the NHL. And he scored 14 goals playing mostly fourth line minutes. And you say 14 goals, ah, whatever, but like you're on the fourth line, you score 14 goals. That, that's not nothing. That, that's that's a, a solid season for a player who had to learn how to play that 200 foot game. Um, and, and the hope for him is kind of similar to Quinton Byfield. Like, can he command a top nine forward spot? You know, Kaliev's shooting percentage last year was very low. He was in the bottom chunk of players in the NHL. And with his shot, if he can get that percentage up a little bit, you know, the sky's the limit for, for the goal scoring ability that Kaliev brings. He's worked on his board play. He's worked on his playmaking. He's worked on his stride and those types of things. And he's a very, very exciting player. Um, like you mentioned, he has skated with the second power play unit. He has the ability to play both sides of the umbrella, whether it's the wrist shot from the left circle, which is very deadly accurate, or it's that one timer from the right circle, which we saw him score on against the ducks on Sunday. So Another guy that I think is capable of taking that next stride. Um, and if he can do so, he adds a few few more goals for the Kings this year. And it just makes what was maybe more of a two-line team offensively into what could be more of a three- to four-line team offensively. And that's pretty exciting if it comes together. We talk about the addition of Kevin Fiala. Another addition the Kings made that maybe a lot of fans don't really know about or haven't really looked into is assistant coach Jim Hiller coming in to run the power play. And of course the power play was not a big asset for the LA Kings a year ago. That's something that needs to change if they're going to go where they want to go. And I thought in the game against Anaheim the other day, obviously two power play goals, uh, it looked pretty good. Um, I haven't had a chance to talk to Jim Hiller. Have you had a chance to talk to him and find out kind of what his philosophy is and maybe some of the things he's looking to change uh, with the Kings in the power play this year? Yeah, we have spoken with Jim Hiller, uh, two power play goals the other night, certainly not a bad start. Um, what the Kings have done is over the summer, the coaching staff as a whole, Jim Hiller included, studied a lot of video, whether it was Kings power play video or other teams. They looked at the top power plays around the league. They tried to pick up tendencies, things that those groups were doing and say, oh, would this that say this power play did, would this work for the LA Kings? Yes or no. Can we try to work this in? Yes or no. And Todd McClellan called Jim Hiller a pretty big asset because he was able to look at what the Kings did on the power play with a completely unemotional lens. 
you know, when Jim Hiller wasn't emotionally attached to the 21-22 Kings power play, he wasn't mad when that unit failed. He wasn't happy when it succeeded. So he was a completely impartial view. And Todd McClellan talked about how helpful that was to have somebody without an emotional tie to a power play, maybe in a game that went 0 for 8, to look at it and, and maybe look at it a little bit more impartially. So Jim Hiller talked a lot about the handedness of the players on the unit. You know, Kopitar, Fiala, Kempe, all left shots, all expected to be on that first unit. It makes some of those pieces interchangeable in different slots. You know, maybe it's the bumper guy for Kempe and, and Fiala on the right-hand wing, but the next sequence they're able to switch and maybe they can get a different look and that movement, that motion, that unpredictability can lead to more offensive opportunities. So it's a work in progress. Important to say that it is going to take some time, I think, for new concepts to come in, players to learn new roles. Um, but it's a fresh slate for the LA Kings. And, you know, the expectation is that that unit can be better. And, and if, if that unit is even league average, that's an additional 10, 11 goals that you add on for the Kings. And that can change games. And that's just league average. So that's pretty important. We haven't talked about the goaltending yet. We're going to do that in just a moment with Zach Dooley, the LA Kings insider. But real quick, I want to remind you that uh, you should not forget that Locked On NHL is a podcast that has you covered for all of your league-wide NHL talk with a rotating cast of local hosts from the Locked On NHL channel, breaking down the biggest stories in hockey five days a week. Subscribe for free on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. Zach, obviously, goaltending is always a very important part of any team. Uh, let's let's start off with Jonathan Quick, and it's going to be uh, interesting this year for a lot of Kings fans because Dustin Brown is is no longer around. That's uh, something that that we're going to get used to. Uh, and Jonathan Quick, it's hard not to see him and think about Dustin Brown in the sense that Brownie had his you know long contract finally play out, and in the end, he decided to to walk away from hockey. Uh, this is the final year of Jonathan Quick's contract as well. Um, obviously want to get your thoughts on how he's looked in training camp so far and in the games, but uh, just your thoughts on, on maybe what the future beyond this season holds for Jonathan quick. Well, he, he said pretty bluntly, you know, as of right now, he doesn't plan to retire. You know, that's not his path as of right now, but you know, that can always change. Um, but as of right now, you know, I think Jonathan quick had an excellent year last year, really good series against the Edmonton Oilers in the playoffs. And in his mind, he he's not thinking about retirement at all. So We'll see how the season plays out, but so far in training camp, it's been excellent for quick. He's only let in two goals in about five periods of play. Very good in San Jose in his debut. I thought he was sharp against Anaheim the other night at crypto.com arena. Um, and he's going to be a big part of what the Kings are doing. Uh, when the Kings had their most successful stretches last year, it was when Jonathan quick and Cal Peterson were trading quality performances um, when they were both at the top of their game. That was when the team racked up wins because they were pushing each other for starts. Neither was losing the net due to poor play. They were claiming the net with good play. Um, and I don't see a situation here if all goes according to plan where one goalie is playing 60 games this year. You know, there'll be a split of sorts. Um, Jonathan Quick is not giving up that net by any means, um, certainly not by choice because he's such a competitor and, and he's had a he had a really good year last year. but. The hope is that Cal Peterson can take a stride as well back to some of that form he showed in the 2021 season. So in an ideal world, we'll see a bit of a split in net um, between Quick and Peterson. And if all goes well, I think that's the best case scenario for the Kings. And a, a quick note on Cal. I believe I saw you, if it was a tweet or maybe a story you had written on uh, LAKingsInsider.com that apparently Cal Peterson is going to get the start tonight in Anaheim. So apparently the injury issue that he had that caused him to leave after a period against Vegas was kind of more precaution as far as the way they wanted to handle that. And he's 
ready to go and get back into game action? Yeah, he's good to go. He was day to day at the lower body injury in Vegas. Uh, didn't practice with the full group for a few days. Uh, did a session kind of goalie only stuff with uh, goaltending coach Bill Ranford. Rejoined the group a couple days ago, you know, talking with him, talking with Todd McClellan. Uh, he's good to go. I think maybe a little bit precautionary, just it is preseason. There's no sense in rushing a player back. Um, but when I talked with him, you know, he wanted his next game to be one where he goes a full 60 minutes. And if he does that, he'll kind of be right on track game wise with where Jonathan Quick's at. So good signs there. Um, you know, Cal Peterson could be a, an important part of the team and good to see him healthy. And one final question for you about a player that maybe some fans haven't been thinking about, but Alex Turcott was obviously a high draft pick for the Kings not long ago. And unfortunately for Alex, he's had a really tough go of it with injury issues and a couple of concussions last year. And we all know you watch the NFL and you see what a big story that is in that league. And it's something that you have to handle very seriously. Um, and it's not like an ankle or a knee, you know, things can linger on, but we haven't heard much about him. I know when the rookie camp roster came out, I was excited because I saw his name there, but unfortunately he wasn't able to participate in that. Hasn't been going in training camp as far as I know. Any, any update at all on Alex Turcotte? Well, he hasn't been skating, you know, with the full group yet, uh, but he has been skating on his own, uh, which is certainly a good sign. He skated, I, I think most days that, you know, he was going kind of with Victor Arvidsson when he wasn't with the full group. Um, he's been with Andre Lee, who's also injured over the last few days. Um, so he is skating. He is on ice. He is around the team, around the facility, and he's getting the individual work in that he needs right now. I think the the biggest thing for him is eventually reintegrating into the full group. I, I would assume he'll likely start with the Ontario Reign and then getting a steady run of games at that level just to find some consistency and establish himself um, because there's still a, a very strong prospect in there. So there's still a player who – I think there's still a lot of excitement about um, even if it has maybe gone away a little just because of circumstances outside of his control. So he is back on the ice, which is a really good step for him. And hopefully it's not too long before we see him kind of worked into more of a full group setting. That is Zach Dooley. He is the LA Kings insider. Again, you could follow him on Twitter at Dooley LAK and please read his work at LAKingsInsider.com. Zach, our first chance to talk, hopefully not the last. We definitely want to check in with you again at some point during the season, but very excited for the season. Very excited to follow your work to uh, get all the insights on the LA Kings. And thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Let me know. All right. Take care, Zach. Thanks. You too. All right, coming up on tomorrow's show, of course, we're going to have a recap of everything that goes on in the Kings preseason game tonight in Anaheim against the Ducks. I want to remind you, if you'd like to follow this show on Twitter, we are at Locked on LA Kings. If you want to send me an email about anything going on with the Kings or anything going on with this show, the email address is LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E. And also got an Instagram page that we started up. Uh, it is at Locked on LA Kings. Hey, thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on NHL. Locked on experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast of all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. That is Locked on NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Again, thanks to Zach Dooley for being our special guest on the show today. Uh, thank you very much for watching and for listening to Locked on LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia reminding you, as always, go Kings go.